Is anybody ready for the word this morning? Awesome, awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here again, as I always am. But in particularly, uh, after last week, we kind of kind of laid the groundwork and put the flag in the ground, if you will. And um, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go back and watch because it was, uh, it was an awesome day. It was really exciting and we had a lot of fun. But today is going to be a little bit different. And it's because, okay, now we kind of know what we want to do, where we want to go. But what does it look like? You know what I mean? Like when it gets to my level and it becomes more simple, what does it look like? And what did the Lord say about this? And so that's what I want to talk about today. So will y'all pray with me today? Will y'all join me as we get started? This is what I want y'all to do. Uh, Just right where you sit. Just ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to say to me? Like not to my friend, not to my person that I invited with me to come this morning, but to me. What would you say to me this morning? And Lord, that's my prayer as well. Lord, I know what I'm going to say, but I want you to say whatever you have to say. And so, Lord, just speak to each of us. Holy Spirit, move in this place like you already have with worship that has started. Because if your name's not high and lifted up, then this is noisy gongs and clanging cymbals and not the power of the Spirit of God in this place. And so that's what we're praying and believing for. And we're excited, God, because I believe something great is going to take place inside of people's lives today through your Spirit. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Just as a review, the reason that we feel this way is one word. Do y'all remember the word? Say it out loud. Apathy. Apathy. And it is the suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement to lose interest or concern for something. And for all of us, we, we are apathetic toward things in our lives. Now, it may not be the good thing, so that might be a good thing, right? That, that you feel apathy toward some things. But, but no matter what it is, this is a problem if it's about the kingdom, if it's about Jesus, if it's about doing stuff. If the only thing that I feel in my life is, oh my gosh, it's Sunday again, right? And I've got to get up and do my thing, and I've got to put on a happy face and act like everything's good, and uh, then that's cool. But this morning, I want to hit on just a little bit more, and then next week, we're going to go a little deeper, and Leah's going to get up here with me, and it's going to look a whole lot better on the stage, everybody, if you know what I'm talking about. But like when you go through life, and if y'all are quiet today, it's going to hurt my feelings really bad, and I'm going to know you're lying, okay? But... Do y'all ever feel that way at home where you just are kind of like, like, is it always rose petals and, and, and that was quick. Jesus name. Marvin Gaye is not always playing at the Pangle household, everybody. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because sometimes life happens, right? And so what can shift? What can change that? What does it look like? Because the problem is this is how the world's going to know that we're his disciples if we love one another, but the enemy of love is apathy, not hate. The enemy of love is, is apathy. And here's the deal is, and this is where I kind of feel attention, is as I look out at the church, capital C, not four points, capital C church, I see a great deal of people that are apathetic, but then there's another group of people, and it's the ones that aren't really apathetic, but it's the ones that are hateful. And loud. And we are over the top towards certain things, which means that we feel like we're not this. 
but we're actually this big time when it comes to the love of God. So listen, so the pendulum swings. And I feel like maybe as I look at my life, maybe the pendulum has swung too much in some of these areas. And we begin to say, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't take a stand. Maybe I shouldn't let my voice be heard. Maybe I should tolerate certain things. Now listen, I said things, not people. That's where the tension comes in, y'all. It's, it's, we can't differentiate between the person and the stuff. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so as a result, what we've done is we begin to tolerate behavior. Not tolerate people. We shouldn't tolerate people. Not only should we not just tolerate them, we should love them. I want you to see an Aristotle quote. I think this is fascinating, y'all. He said, tolerance and apathy are the last virtues of a dying society. Does, does anyone, can y'all say a country right now out loud that you believe might have these two things? One, two, three. I don't know. I was just there. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And if you, if you just look at Europe right now, our Judeo-Christian values came from there. And yet... Tolerance and apathy are ruling the day in Europe. And by the way, their governments are falling left and right. Their economies are crashing. Because instead of doing what Jesus called us to do as kingdom citizens, we've decided that either we should hate and be loud and obnoxious, even if that's not what we're saying we're doing, that's what we've decided, or pendulum swing, we've decided we should just tolerate everybody. Peace, love, and harmony, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And some of y'all are smoking weed in here. Don't tell anybody, but, that, but we know how it is. And everybody's like, this is awkward right now. I can't believe the pastor just said that, right? Because, because like, we, we just can't find the balance that Jesus came for us to understand. Tolerance is not going to shift anything. If we're just sitting on the sidelines and not voicing what God has called us to be, then, then there's no difference, I promise you, being made. If people aren't talking about you, you don't have something to say. But on the other hand, becoming numb toward the people that God called us to do is no better. And it's left us in this tension of where we find ourselves today. And so I want y'all to understand something. The culture change that we're looking for, the thing that we're hoping to accomplish, the thing that I believe God has called us to do, not to just do church every week, to be a part of a movement, but culture doesn't change just by saying the right things. To change a culture, you have to change the environment. And to change the environment, you have to change the sound. You have to change the sound to change the environment. Last night, Lee and I went out to eat. And uh, I'm going to let y'all in probably too much, just being honest. But, but uh, <laughs> Lee and I like to go out of town. And we love just doing like day trips or weekend trips or whatever and so last night on our way back, we did a Facebook Live video and then went to this restaurant. And then on the way back, we were practicing our British accent. Because <laughs> this is what we like to do. We just like to go to places like Charleston or something where people don't know who we are and just walk on the... On <laughs> and we talk in a British accent the whole time. And it's not real good, if I can be honest with you. Mine kind of sounds like a Southern Australian Brit because it's like crazy. But I just like to change it. And people look at you. This is what happens. I can say the same thing that I'm saying right now. And when I start, I'm not going to do it, but I might. 
I'll do my Australian one because it's good. If y'all don't know who Brian Houston is, he's the pastor of Hillsong. We sing a lot of there. But I'm Brian Houston. Y'all are just looking. No one laughs. Everybody just goes, that's terrible, pastor. <laughs> Unusual. If y'all were there, y'all know what I'm talking about. But this is Bobby, not Leah anymore. But God, <laughs> praise the Lord. But like, as soon as you start speaking in another accent, this is what happens. I can be saying, man, we had an awesome day. And I can change it to mine. We had an awesome day. Right? And this is what happens. People start looking. Ram! They run into something, right? Because it's like, that dude's crazy. And it, nothing changed except sound. When, and when we walked into this restaurant last night, I noticed something. And I've told y'all this before, but there was a sound when we walked in there that meant, we're finna take your money, right? It's a nice steak. And please pull out the plastic because it's about to cost you because they want the sound to be a certain thing. And the interesting thing is I think we've misunderstood what Jesus has called us to do because we said, well, I can't say anything and I have to be quiet and I just have to feel nothing or I just have to say it. And I need y'all to understand it's not what you say. It's not what you say, but how you say what you say that creates culture. It's your tone. It's what matters. So I'm going to sit here just for a second, and then we're going to jump into Ephesians 5. So if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5. But I want to say this before we do. And this is where y'all need to talk to me for a minute. How many of y'all know what I mean when I say it's not what you say, but how you say what you say that matters? If you, if you know what I'm talking about, say, yep. So this is what it's like at my house. Walk in the house after a long day. Hey, what's up, babe? How you doing? I'm good. What does that mean? You don't have to be married. This isn't, this isn't a trick question. No, seriously, Leah, what's going on? I'm fine. I'm just, every, I'm, everything's fine. And I go, oh, sweet baby Jesus, help me with your gold diapers and whatever. Help me right now. And I just start going. So my next question is always, what did I do? You didn't do anything. Everything's good, I promise. And it's this sadness. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is worse than I thought because we're not even going to say what it is. And then the, uh, the communicator in the house goes, tell me what's wrong. Right? And so that is a really good tone, guys. Learn from this. And, and we, just, we have this standoff, and it all has to do with the tone, the sound that we're creating in our home. And then you had a long day, people with kids. Y'all better talk to me. And your kids are coming in. They're doing nothing wrong now. They're just playing, and they, they climb on you, and they're getting all over you. Like, get off of me! I love you! <laughs> in that moment, both of my kids think, my daddy's the best daddy in the world. He loves me, right? I said it! feel like Ricky Bobby on Talladega Nights. I said with all due respect, I didn't say anything I want to say, right? It, do, it doesn't matter. But, but it, it's crazy what we actually put off. I mean, that's what, on the way home, that's what we were talking about is, oh, I love you so much. And it's like, oh my gosh, this person is a serial killer and going to kill me right now. And it's because attitude and tone really makes the difference and it really tells the world what we really believe. So listen, you can say the right thing and condemn somebody. And you can say nothing and condemn somebody. 
Or you can tell people in love the truth and not just be tolerant nobodies. But the sound is what makes the difference. And I'm telling y'all, I believe one of the biggest problems in the world in changing and making a difference in where we are is sound. I just watch, sometimes I just like the people watching. Y'all just going to have to forgive me because, like I said, I'm letting y'all way too far in. But I don't get to go out there much to watch y'all greet people. But when I go to other churches, I love to do that. And churches like ours, we like to invite people and then be very inviting when they get in here. And I watch every once in a while. And I'm going to say it to other churches because I really don't get to hear much. But you just see this every once in a while, and I just laugh. Hey, welcome. (laughs) So glad you're here. Did you hear what they did last week? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, my gosh. Well, we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming this morning. And it's like, and on our faces, we're saying, OMG, why is that person in our church? Right? That's what we're saying. But we're not saying it. My mom used to look at me when I would talk back to her. With, before I said a word, I would go, don't look at me in that tone of voice. No one ever heard that? Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. And it's because I was putting off what I was really believing. That's what the world thinks of us. We put off what we really believe. And in our hearts, we show what we really believe. This is not, by the way, I always have to be happy. Life happens and it's hard. But I believe what you're putting off a whole lot more than what you're saying. And so in my home, I look at Leah and she looks at me and we say, we've been together for 20 years and been married for 15. I know that you ain't all right. (laughs) So tell me. And eventually you can get to the truth. And this is the deal that I find interesting about that is you will know the truth and the truth will set you free is what the Bible says. And so I think people feel like the church is a bunch of mixed emotional up and down crazy people because we tell them we love them and we condemn them with hate. We should not accept every lifestyle as correct, but we should accept every person as loved. And that is the tension that we find ourselves under every single day. Is tolerance and apathy, which is the end of, this is bigger than just a church, y'all. This is an entire society that is falling apart because if you stand up against the same-sex agenda right now, you are written off. They took the all-star game away, by the way, from Charlotte because they didn't want the bathroom bill to go through. But if we stand up and say, idiots, which is what many of us have done, then we're telling them what we really believe, even if we're right. And that is where we find ourselves today. And so Paul gave us an interesting passage in Ephesians 5. And by the way, I know that next week is Labor Day weekend, but it's so critical that y'all are here because these are like the guardrails, the left and the right side of how we walk through this. Next week, we'll finish with the full armor of God in Ephesians 6. And this week, is the left side, and I want you to say it. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time because, these, because the days are evil. Can anybody agree that this is accurate for today? Yes. Can anybody else agree that this is accurate for today? Yes. 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, pastor, that's awesome. How do I do that? Do not get drunk with wine, for that leads to debauchery. But be, what's this word? With the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit of God. 
Now listen, this is interesting. Everybody takes this and says, well, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't drink. But there's a much deeper and better understanding of just don't drink. Because, because in this particular passage, it certainly does say wine. But I believe, based on studying the original language, that, it, that it's not just talking about alcohol, but being filled with anything but the Holy Spirit of God. And that is what we do, isn't it? And the reason that we do it is because we feel numb and we don't want to feel it anymore. Or, let me say it better, we want to feel numb. We're tired of dealing with it. So I can take or I can do or I can whatever. And we all have a go-to that we find so that I just don't have to feel it anymore. I'm tired of my stuff at work. I don't want to feel it anymore. And so I'm tired of having to deal with the peer pressure at school or getting bullied. And so I'm going to do anything I have to do to not have to feel this garbage anymore. He's like, listen, don't do that because that leads to this. This word, another word for it is wantonness that the Bible says. And all that is 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 complete and total selfishness that I feel my worldly desires. And it's things that you would not. Now listen to this because this is big. It's things that you would not naturally do, but you begin to do. Because you go toward your flesh, your human nature, what you automatically go to when you're sinful and when you're not being filled with His Spirit. And then on the flip side, when you're not doing these things, you're filled with Him. And the result of that is I begin to do things that I do not naturally do as a result of what He is doing in me and not what I'm filling myself with. I'm always filled with one or the other. And people are like, well, I got filled on Sunday, right? Well, let me ask you a question. If you got filled on Sunday and then you drove to Miami and back today, would that gas tank, would that be enough? Somebody talk to me. And every day of our lives, we go farther than that. And then we say, what's happened? It's Monday. Sunday's fill up. Ain't helping you on Monday morning when you find out something's going on. And so I want to feel numb and I want to get over it. And instead of going to the source of life and hope, the Lord Jesus, and asking him to fill me in his spirit, I just find the thing that I go to that is most comfortable and fill my life with anything but. And the result of that is the tone is devastating. And we put off what we're putting in because this is what the next verse says. We address one another. This is how you should address each other. When you speak to each other, when you put off what he's put in, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I don't think that means that at your workplace you're supposed to be the sound of music. The hills are alive. Right? I don't think that's it. Some of y'all have never watched the sound of music. Don't. (laughs) But if you're a dude. But like, that was free. But like, That's not what he's talking about specifically. We don't have to go up to each other singing every time we do, although I like to do that a lot because I think it's good. But but that's not specifically it. It's the attitude in which I go up to you and I address you. And as a boss, y'all, there are times that I have to address issues in the church. I'm certainly the pastor, but there's also a thing of, There's things that we got to make decisions about, and there's stuff that are hard decisions that we got to do. And there's times that we have to have hard conversations that are full of truth. And how I decide that I should address one another, I don't want y'all to miss this, 
is so critically important because this is the sound that the church has decided that we should make. You're wrong. Oh, I love you so much. And, and like people are going, that's what love looks like. And it's the overflow of what's in here that comes out of here. And it's crazy. Here's what I thought of when I was looking at this, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. The Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. This morning I was driving to On the Run, which is on the way to get here. Normally I stop at QT, but it's convenient, and they have 44-ounce drinks for 79 cents. To God be the glory. So my drug of choice is Diet Mountain Dew, and I got me a 44-ounce Diet Mountain Dew. And at the end, when I was filling it up, I was like, I need a little splash of something this morning. And so I got done, and I was, it was almost full, and I saw the Hawaiian Punch. If anybody's my age and you don't love Hawaiian Punch, then you didn't go to VBS. Come on, talk to me in this place. <laughs> and so we just clack, clack, and I just did two little splashes of Hawaiian Punch. Put the lid back on, got in the car, and I was drinking it on the way, and I was like, I don't taste any Diet Mountain Dew. I just taste that delicious Hawaiian punch, and I'm not going to get the diabetes because of it. Somebody say amen. <laughs> but this is what I noticed is the truth of what I was saying was there. The truth of what I was drinking was it was Diet Mountain Dew, but what it was putting off was, was Hawaiian punch, and that is what we look like. We're saying the right things, a lot of us. We're doing the right things, a lot of us. But we're putting off something totally different than what we wish we were putting off from numbness in our lives and apathy that has crept in. And then tolerance where we're just like, I can't say anything because if I say anything, it's dishonoring. Y'all, I can disagree without disrespect. And that is what the tone has to be. Because if I constantly look at you and have to degrade you and tear you down, listen it's because I don't really believe what I'm saying and I've got to tear you apart to make myself believe what I'm saying I believe. That is why we do what we do. That is why the political parties rip each other apart because they don't even know what they believe. They want you to believe that they know what they believe. And so, so the attitude is so hateful and I cannot stand it. Lee and I cut our cable off a couple weeks ago and I'm, I haven't missed it, y'all, because I don't want to watch those doggone news shows about how this and that and we got the answer and I'm just like if you wouldn't be so doggone condescending I might listen to you it's not about not having something to say y'all we all have something to say but I can love you and disagree with you I can sit down at a table and be an adult and that is what true love looks like love is not agreeing on every single thing but it's addressing with our whole heart and making melodies and looking and saying, you know what? At this point, we may go against each other in business, but we don't have to play for keeps and we don't have to kill each other. We can just disagree. Verse 20. Giving thanks always. Whenever I'm doing marriage counseling, one thing that we try to say, and we catch ourselves doing this all the time at home, is never say never. Or always, because that's like, it's like, it's playing for keeps. It's, it's the thing that you bring back up the past. But the one person that's allowed to do this is the Lord. Did you know that? And he's telling us, no matter what you're doing, no matter how you're addressing, always give thanks to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. And I want you to just think about this, because this kind of ties in last week as well. 
Every time that you leave your home, every time that you're in your home by yourself, whatever you're doing, you are, you are carrying the name of our Lord Jesus in everything that you do. So I believe that we should declare that he is king. And I believe that some things are right and some things are wrong. But how you do it is so important. And most of us put it off as right and hateful or quiet and loving. And there has to be a balance of truth in love for us to have any impact whatsoever. Because if I just stand silent and fold my arms and say, well, if I say anything, and I, I, I just thought of this this week, and so I just wanted to kind of address it. We get the misnomer when we read or in, in very misunderstood passages. Like, Romans chapter 13 where it says, honor your civil leaders. And then 1 Peter chapter 2 that again says, honor your civil authorities and honor your president and honor all these people. Listen, honor is not what you say, but how you say what you say. Honor is never what you say because you could come to me and say, you're the best pastor in the world. And you could be manipulating the junk out of me, y'all, trying to get something out of me, trying to shift something in my life that is for you. That is not honor. That is manipulation. And if all I ever say is I agree with our president, I agree with our president, behind his back, behind closed doors, behind y'all's back, I'm saying that is the biggest whatever you've ever seen. Then I'm just double-tongued. But if I can disagree with him on certain things without cutting him and tearing him apart, that is honor. And I think that's what we miss, is honoring who they are. is not never, ever, ever saying it. Y'all, I beg our staff to disagree with me because I'm wrong so often. I don't have the right ideas for this church. The Lord does. I pray that he gives them to me, but I, you wouldn't believe how many times he gives it to them because they're smarter than me in tons of areas. I'm very rarely, I try to never be the smartest person in the room. You should never, you should always hope that you're not the smartest person in the room because that's how we grow and that's how we sharpen each other. This is what we find is because of our insecurities, because we're being filled with so many other things, we immediately think if that person disagrees with me, then they're trying to take it from me. It's not yours. It's his. My life is not my own. It was bought with a price. From the Lord Jesus, when, when he sent, when God sent him to die on the cross and take up the keys of death and hell in the grave. And now I am his. I'm not my own. And I'm a representation of my king. And when I address you, even if it's got to be a hard conversation, I would rather you hate me in the truth than love me in a lie. So I am willing to have hard conversations. But if I do it, putting off hate, then it's on me, not on you. And y'all, I just think the church has been on one hand willing to do that. And on the other hand, the silent majority there has to be a shift in the sound that we make because sound changes culture. If I want to change something, I just turn the music to a lullaby and my kids get tired. So what does that look like? Verse 21. He says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another. Why? So that, so that you love me? Nope. So that I can be reverent toward you? Actually, no. It's out of reverence for the Lord Jesus because I'm his and I'm his ambassador. I'm his, I'm his workmanship created in Christ Jesus 
putting off what he's put in. And everything that I say, it's not so that he loves me, y'all, but because he loves me. He loved us first. And, and, and so every day that we love him and every day that we're filled by his spirit is not so that maybe I can earn my way because he paid the whole price and earned our way. It's because he does and because I realize this, my calling is much greater than a stage. It's to be a great daddy and husband. It's to be a great friend. It's to be, it's to be a representation of our king. And so the result is it doesn't free me from hardships. Sometimes it puts me right in them. But it frees me from having to be nasty when I do it. And y'all, I'm telling you, this is a place that I can get so much better. This is literally something that I think about almost every day. I have it written down in my office. I have it written down in my bedroom. Because the easiest way I think that I can translate submitting yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ is simply this. What can I do to help? Now listen, this is a hard question. Because we think help just means doing stuff for them, buying them stuff. Sometimes it is. Certainly if someone can't afford to do something, we should, we should gather our stuff like Acts all the, over and over. They gathered their resources together and they lifted them out of their struggle. They gathered their stuff together and they helped them where they were. But it's much deeper than that. Sometimes it is a hard conversation, y'all. If you really care about the person, even if they misunderstand what you're saying, you'll, you'll tell them in love. But you got to earn that way to be able to do that. Because if the tone of my home is just yelling, then my, then my soft voice for direction never is heard. And I created that culture as a bully instead of as a daddy. Sometimes I raise my voice to my kids. But I try to do it few and far between so that they can understand and recognize the voice of their father. Do y'all recognize the voice of your father? Because that's what you're putting off is this is what it sounds like, world. This is the voice that it sounds like. And so when I submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, it's me lowering myself, humbling myself like Jesus did when he was here. And I just say, what, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? That's honor. Honor's not what you say alone, but it's why you do it. And that's the currency of the kingdom of God. That's how we pay in to the kingdom. It's through love and honor. It's through respect, not hate. I don't have to degrade you if I disagree with you. I can go have dinner with a Muslim family tonight and have a great time. And I don't hope that I can outthink them about their religion. I hope I can just show them the love of God. And guess what? Guess what? This is amazing. I don't have to get them saved. He's the one that does it. He is mighty to save. He is the marvelous light that came in this place of darkness and saved me from sin, death, and the grave. That is where I belong. That is what I should have. And only because of him in me do I not have that. Y'all, it's not about us. But he does it through us. And the only way that that will change is if we change the sound. Will you pray with me? with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I believe that there's people in this room that maybe you've heard the sound that we put off and maybe you haven't won it, but I want you to know the sound that the Lord puts off. There's a sweet spirit and a fragrant aroma. He inhabits or comes in and lives with where the praises of his people 
are. And I wonder if you are his people, if you are his son or daughter. Because here's all that means is, Lord, I've tried this on my own. I've worked my way. If I died today, I would say I want to know you because I did enough. But the fact of the matter is you can never do enough. He did enough, and you have to receive him as your Savior by trusting him and putting all your hope in him. And I just believe God's drawing some people to himself today. And so this is what I want you to do, Pastor. I've never met Jesus, but I want him to change the environment of my life. It might not always be easy. It certainly won't be. But I want him to come in my life and I give him my heart. If that's you, just will you just slip your hand up wherever you are and say, Pastor, that's me. We're not going to embarrass you. I just want to give you an opportunity. That's me. Wherever you are, just raise your hand. Pastor, that's me. That's me. I'm not going to ask you to stand today, guys. But I just want to know this. Can anybody in here recognize a relationship in their lives, whether it's at home, at work, someone that wronged you in the past, that you can think of the tone or the facial expressions or the sound that you put off and think, they should certainly change and do more. And I've been wronged. But there's some things that I can do through the filling of the Holy Spirit that can change the environment that I live in. I just wonder, is there anybody in here? Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. We're not going to move, but you can see that there could be a change. Just slip your hand up and right back down if that's you, Lord. It's not magic that we're looking for. But Lord, every day that I'm not filled with you, I put off me. And no matter how good I can tweet 140 characters or I can Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or and I can sound spiritual and put Bible verses on there, but I am going to be what I'm filled with. And whatever's in my heart is going to flow out. And the reason that I find myself so frustrated in my environment is because I created it. And it's hard to change it because it's not about me. It's about you in me. So, Lord, I just pray that you'll do it. Holy Spirit, meet us right where we are because we believe that amazing things are going to happen as a result of you, not us. And so, Lord, we thank you. And now we make this place our altar. And we come. If you need to do business with God, you come now in Jesus' name. Amen.